Welcome to Back to Devi. I'm Mike, and this is my co-host, Corey. Mike, 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 Mike. Guess what day it is? It's hump day, Corey. But none of our listeners should be doing any of that, because Back to Devi is here to help you through No Nut November with our very special episode today. And on today, we're going to tell you about the news, of course, just some overall reactions, like performances from MJ Morris to freshman for NC State. And we're going to do our first mock draft, but with a little special twist. Corey, take it away with the news. All right. Uh, first, we're going to head over to TCU. Now, I'm sure some of you are a little disappointed to find out in your lineups this week that Quentin Johnson tweaked something a little bit uh, early before last week's game um, and is starting out the week not practicing this week. So hopefully this isn't anything long term because, you know, after a strong showing the past few games, he's definitely starting to solidify his day one uh, status again. Um, over to ch- true freshman uh, quarterback at Texas A&M, Connor Wegman. Uh, he's been cleared to practice. Uh, should return to the starting role, hopefully, after missing last week's game with the flu. Um, I personally just rewatched his, his start against Ole Miss, and honestly, I thought he did some really nice things that game, but we'll get into him a little bit later. Um, one of my personal favorite uh, senior G5 wide receivers, so, but still a guy that I'm looking out for, uh, UTSA wide receiver DeCorian Clark, a uh, guy that we spoke about a little bit on here a couple times. He got injured last week after making one catch, and he's out for the season. So I'm hoping that this doesn't linger into the draft season. I was kind of hoping that he would be a candidate to kind of get that senior bowl bump. Um, so I'm still hoping that can happen. This isn't anything serious. And uh, last but not least, after missing last week, uh, Pittsburgh running back Israel Bonaconda is expected back this week after just randomly missing last week. You know, great old college injury reporting, uh, always the best. Um, Even after missing this one game, though, Bonaconda is tied for first in points uh, scored with Michigan running back Blake Corum in all of college football. I honestly think this guy should really be getting more talk in this 2023 running back class. He's locked in as a top 10 running back for me. Um, but make sure you guys are keeping it locked on the Campus Canton podcast and YouTube channel for everything you need to know leading up to week 11. So I teased in the opener talking about MJ Morris here, true freshman for NC State. I just want to know your reaction of him, man. He had two starts against uh, Wake, and I can't remember who the other one is, but like he looked pretty good, man. He was making some tight window throws, uh, some well-timed throws as well. <laughs> He's not like doing anything prolific, you know, 210 yards passing, 260 yards passing, three touchdowns in each. Um, adds a little with his legs, not like much, but like, you know, he's mobile when he gets out there, he gets out of the pocket. But uh, as far as the true freshman starts go, like we have two good games in a row. It's got to be worth noting. Just what are your thoughts, reactions about MJ Morris? Yeah, this was a guy that wasn't really on my radar too much, but uh, he definitely looked good the last two weeks. Um, I rewatched his games uh, recently, actually yesterday, and uh, his first relief showing in Virginia Tech, he didn't start that game, he came in a relief, and I thought he looked a little bit frantic in the pocket, which, you know, is kind of expected to be a guy in his first appearance uh, at the college level, but then again, uh, against Wake Forest the next week, I saw someone who looked a little bit more calm out there, um, stepping up in the pocket, showing a little bit more mobility. I think he even put some rushing yards on the board, like 40 yards or something like that, but it was definitely better than last week. He's putting some beautiful touch on throws especially deep down the field i thought looked really good he had a, a couple of deep shots that i thought were, were fantastic and he's got a little bit of a long wind up but uh, he's definitely got some arm talent there little skinny 6'2 195 pounds um but a four-star kid who's flashing this early like you said it's definitely someone to watch yeah i believe he was qb 25 in the composite in that in that neighborhood maybe 24 you know yeah something like that somewhere in the 20s which really yeah. isn't that bad but no not at all uh but I just want to ask you this, though. Let's put out a twist on it. Let's think about uh, Devin Leary, who hasn't really committed to an info draft. He has one more year of eligibility, I believe. So, man, like, what if Leary comes back? Do you think he retains the role, or do you think that Leary just goes, I don't know, disappears into the night, goes goes somewhere else? 
Now, I would have to imagine that this probably goes back clear. I mean, unless MJ Morris just absolutely wrecks the back half of the season here or whatever, and, and you can't give the job back anymore. But I would assume that they're probably going to go back to the senior guy, go back to Devin Leary, try to pump him up to get his draft stock back up after the after the injury. So uh, MJ Morris is probably the future of this program, and they're going to feel pretty good with him in their back pocket. But I would imagine they go back to Leary. Yeah, I agree there. Uh I'm not really sure what his Devi value is, but if you're in C to C leagues, he's a must add. I believe like I can't remember. I saw some sort of stat about a true freshman season since like Philip Rivers, who actually honestly I didn't even know that he went to SC State until I saw that like random stat somewhere. So he's he's made a name for himself, early productions. Get him on your roster. If you have that that waiver wire ad that you're stashed until the end of the season, like there's not a lot left on the waivers. Like go ahead and add him. So Going into our next one here, Cartavius Norton, a uh, big fan of him preseason. Most of our company was for the most part. Uh, he gets the lead role. It's officially his. They, they Darrell Brock, I think we talked about it too, that he, we think he's going to see a change of guard early season. Took a little longer than I thought. He got hurt a little early on, but it's officially his. Uh, it didn't look, didn't look dynamic, but again, first star, true freshman. Any thoughts on Cartavius Norton? Are you moving him up or down or just give me your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm probably, I mean, he was injured in the beginning of the season, so I didn't lower him because of that or anything. I'm probably keeping him about where he is because this is kind of what we expected. We expected him to come. You know, we've, we've been underwhelmed with, with Jarell Brock for a long time now. Um, it only felt like a matter of time before Norton was probably going to get the job. He was really buzzy during the spring. Um, Phil Steele listed him as his projected RB1 for, for Iowa State down the stretch here. So uh, a lot of people were in on him. Um, like you said, it did take a little bit, but he now that he's healthy, his role is steadily increasing. Uh, six carries three weeks ago, 11 two weeks ago and now 18 this past week um also added seven receptions the last two weeks um during his weeks which were the highest volume so it's nice to see that he's getting work in, in both facets but I, I do have to say um i'm a little bit underwhelmed by some of the metrics with with norton um you know averaging under 3.5 yards per carry for the year and i understand that that's you know he he hasn't had that many carries hasn't had that many touches but even in the games where he's had touches so looking at two games where he's received double digit carry he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry it's not it doesn't look that great on the on the stat sheet. Um, he's only forced two missed tackles, according to PFF, over the last three games. You know, leading, uh, that leads me to have some question about maybe how creative he is as a runner. You know, uh, we see guys do uh, uh, average a lot more missed tackles. I mean, I think he's had about 35 carries over that time, and only three uh, or only two over that time is pretty bad. So, But the profile looks good on paper. Uh, early playing time, uh, 5'11", 212 pounds. Um, definitely have some NFL success from this program as well. But I think for me, I'm just personally not sold yet. Um, I like him, but I, I think I'm going to need to see more before I really like throw him up my rankings a little bit higher. Is he in like your RB 10 to 15 range around there? Uh, to be honest, I'd have to see what number he is. Okay. Like we have that, we have that big sheet of, of running yeah. backs or whatever. And I just, I, I'm not sure by class what he is. I'd have to go and open it up but uh yeah i don't like i imagine he's somewhere in the 30 range 30 40 maybe okay well i meant like for his class my bad i meant like for his class like yeah so i'm not yeah that yeah i can't i don't know off the top of my head by what number he actually is i just shuffled everything around recently in, in prep for this show so i'm okay. not even sure where, where do you have him uh yeah i had him at like 12 or something i know i just moved him up in front of like a marion hampton uh and like justin thomas who i'm not like out on by the way justin thomas williams of, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not out on him either. We're just gonna have to wait to see what happens. Yeah, I, it's a shame. I, but I'm like, I'm watching Jalen Wright though, like get some like real run last week, and I'm just kind of like, 
And they I don't have another know, man. Fr- don't they have I'm another hurt. freshman there that's getting time too? I can't even remember his name right now, but they have another freshman that was getting some run, and I was pretty upset about it that it wasn't just yeah, they're hurting my feelings, man. They really are. I don't know, but yeah. Um, but uh, let's let's go on to our next guy though. Uh, I just wanted to put in a tight end. I, I'm gonna I'm forcing Corey to talk about it. Oh, you're now. really gonna make me talk about a tight end. Oh, Mason okay, Taylor, six foot five, two forty five for LSU and the Debbie guy. Yeah. I had to write up uh, Jack Beck, who I love by the way. Jack Beck had no business being as elusive as he was. He really was the Hunter Renfro of tight ends. Yeah, just somehow people couldn't tackle him, bro. It was, it was <laughs> he's just so fun to watch for his freshman season. Not so much yeah. this season, but. I had capped off that write-up by saying uh, that he was not a Debbie tight end. He wasn't even a tight end, honestly, in college. It, it just seemed like that position had nobody there, and then just took, like, all right, this is our biggest white guy. Let's just throw him in. <laughs> you know? Pretty so, much, yeah. um, But now they finally have a, a, a tight end, three-star, um, tight end 24, uh, Mason Taylor. He seems to be a red zone target. I think they're, like, three for 44 and one, and, like, three for 66 and one the last two weeks against ranked opponents. Uh, so... He also scored the two point conversion against Alabama, uh, so he's he's um, being looked too often in the early in the red zone early production. I have no comment on what his athleticism upside is, and that's really kind of what we look at for tight ends. Um, but early production makes me feel good about it. And besides Oscar Delp, the tight end two in the classroom was Arliss Boringham, Boardingham, who is a tight end for Florida, who's been hurt the whole year. I, I don't know anything about him because I don't keep in touch with tight ends, but. The tight end two has been pretty wide open for the class for me, and I'm kind of sliding him in by default at this point. Yeah, I, I did kind of have some fun diving into his profile, seeing that this guy was actually the son of Jason Taylor. And yes, that's that Jason Taylor, the Hall of Fame uh, defensive end for the Miami Dolphins. And he's also the nephew of a former linebacker. And some people know him as a Hall of Fame snub in Zach Thomas over there as well. So he's got some strong bloodlines uh, there as well. Um, had some good interest from a lot of top end programs, Bama, Pitt, Auburn, Florida, Texas A&M. So, yeah, like you said, pretty steady role here for LSU from day one. He's capping off the last two weeks with, with nice clutch touchdowns and the clutch two point, like you said. Um, really making people take notice of, of that LSU team that's kind of emerging a little bit now, you know, after that, that win to Alabama. Yeah, I hate is it, J- dude. I'm such a Brian Kelly hater. Like, is Jaden Daniels hopping back on the radar? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but, like, people are going to take notice of that, and they're going to start, you know, thinking that a lot of these guys are, are back on the radar here. So, yeah. But anyways, like, back to this guy, you know, like you said, good size, 6'5", 230 pounds. That's, that's something we worry a lot with these tight ends that come in. There, A lot of them are undersized with the athleticism, or they're oversized with no athleticism. So it, it's it's kind of still waits to be seen if he has that athleticism to, to kind of back it up. Um, and, and like you said, you know, we, we're about to get into this mock draft that we did. And, and one of the painfully obvious things is is how, like, barren the, the Debbie tight end landscape is. So, like you we said, adding another team to the list, like like Mason Taylor's, like, never really a bad thing. Yeah, and it's, this is, like, the year of, like, strong bloodlines becoming a thing all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. It really isn't it? Like, and Marvin Harrison Jr. And, yeah, yeah. And we're talking about a lot more famous players' sons rather than, uh, you know. E.J. Smith, failed. too. Uh, well, if he yeah. does anything. These guys are, these bloodlines are are O negative the way they're do- donating yeah. to our uh, our fancy points there. Yeah. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I had signs aren't make that work. All right, let's get into our, our main our main uh, our main thing here. We're gonna do a mock draft now. Here's the twist for everyone listening. Uh, we're not gonna include the 2023 class. I already have it scheduled in the off season for us to do one mock draft before the NFL draft. And then one immediately after. We're gonna call the episode the graduation ceremony. I'll hand out diplomas. I'll, I'll give this guy a doctorate in uh, in route running. You know. Anyway, we're gonna have a because that's 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 the end of Debbie. 
I mean, once they're in Debbie, they go to Dynasty, and that's it. So we'll do one mock draft the week following the NFL draft, and then one before, not right before, but definitely sometime before the NFL draft. So we're going to exclude the 2023 class, and we are only focusing on first and second year players. And if these players are uh, expected to come back, so I'm talking about like Anthony Richardson, no one expects him to declare. Uh, Kendall Milton is just not it. So uh, he really shouldn't declare. So, but anyway, we're, we're just not, we're not going to include players that we expect to come back. So just first and second year players, that is it. And I believe, Corey, you had the first pick. Yeah. And I mean, I could have gone a bunch of different ways here. This has to go back to strategy a little bit too. I thought about quarterback, um, but I ended up going with the running back and I'm sticking with Ohio state running back, Travion Henderson. Um, I think this year he is more dinged up than he's letting on. Hasn't really looked like himself. Um, but honestly, this guy had some of the best high school tape I've watched. It's transferred to the field in, in his freshman year. I'm hoping for a big bounce back down the stretch here or or in 2023 to really assert himself back on that top spot. But he's still my running back one in 2024, and uh, I'm happy to take him here. He's not even the best player on his team, but that's okay. I'll be moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> my QB one in the 2024 class is going to be Caleb Williams. He's... He's someone that can not only be a pocket pass if he wants to be, but someone that can throw off platform. And those guys become the most dangerous quarterbacks, in my opinion. Talking about like players like Patrick Mahomes, who can do both. So, and he's been what's really put him over the top lately for me. And it's definitely like I don't know if I can call it recency bias because he's been at the top for a while now. It's he's been doing it now without like Mario Williams and without Jordan Addison. So he's doing it with the supporting cast and still looking like the exact same stud. So. This is a guy that's my QB1 in the class. I am so overly confident that he'll translate well to the NFL, so I'm sure that'll work out. But my 102, Caleb Williams, quarterback for USC, twenty class of 2024. Yeah, and I like that pick. That was definitely who I was fighting with at number one, too. I guess I have a little bit of a difference. I like going a little bit of, of bully running back. Uh, and while some guys like going a little bit quarterback heavy. Um, but I did go with a quarterback here at 1.3, and I was stuck being, between two guys here. I could have gone with yours, who you were going to go with next. Um, but for me, I'm going with Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers, and it's it's the arm talent, and the pedigree is really hard to ignore here, okay? I mean, uh, it's a special arm talent that's going to get a lot of national attention being at Texas as, as well. It's already getting a lot of national attention. Um I just think he's going to be hard to ignore when the time comes. And I think he's already, you know, I know he's had some, some rough games as well, but this is a guy who hasn't played football in like almost two years. He's finally getting his start time, had a little bit of injury time as well. So we're really watching like his freshman season for Texas and he's looking good out there. Like he's, he's having those flashes. And to me, I think the upside is higher, if not, just as high as the guy you're about to talk about. But really, this is a tier here with these two guys. I could go either way here. So why don't you go ahead and talk about your 104. Yeah, the 104 for me is going to be Drake May, UNC quarterback, class 2024. This guy's going to be my quarterback, too, right now. Uh, I mean, he's just been prolific, and he's just been great, honestly. And the only reason my rankings here now will be reflecting Caleb Williams quarterback one, Drake May quarterback two, and Quinn Ewers quarterback three. Now, that's not because Quinn Ewers has dropped, not because of anything he's done. It's just that I talk about consistency, and that's what these guys have shown me. It's not really hit on Drake May, and honestly – I love this 2024 uh, quarterback class far more than I like the 23 class, far more than I like the 2022 class this past year. Uh, I just love these top three like a lot. So, yeah, I, I like that pick. He's, he's definitely in contention for it. He's, I mean, all three of these guys are almost in contention for quarterback one. I mean, in any given week, depending on what they're going to do, sometimes you might see somebody calling them quarterback one on Twitter. So, uh, you know, it's always about that recency bias. 
for me, I'm going to be the first bold call. Maybe I'm going back to a little bit of bully running back here, but I'm going to go at 105 with Arkansas running back Raheem Sanders. And this is a guy who's putting it all together kind of in his sophomore year. This guy who we were always excited about last year, kind of an enigma, came in as that X wide receiver, um, kind of on the Antonio Gibson, David Johnson spectrum. Kind of had to put it together a little bit, you know, didn't wasn't really great with it with running in between the tackles last year, but he's taken a step forward this year. He's really the Arkansas offense, man. Like him and KJJ, it's pretty much um, just them two running Arkansas's offense right now. So um, I think he really has a chance to be special. He could push for running back one in 2024. And I don't think that that's crazy. Yeah. I just want to take a quick pause here. I want to talk about difference in draft strategy here. So we, we're five picks in quarters going to running backs here. I've only gone quarterbacks here. Uh, I'm just going to talk to QB early, which is kind of the strategy that I like to do for drafting. It's because once you establish your, your, your quarterback core, like let's say you get early, and like right now, I have a lot of dynasty rosters with like Dak Prescott and Josh Allen, and then I'll have a QB three of whatever. But if I have three studs on my roster, I can almost ignore that position for the next decade and then just let the talent fall to me in the mid and late round. So like I get all, I get to scoop up all the, the premium running backs or wide receivers that fell because people have to reach on these quarterbacks and hope that they work out. So that's why I like QB early. Like I want to establish that young elite core and then middle round picks are like just a nice gold spot and then uh, upper picks too. You know what I'm saying? Talent just falls. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's not much different in a quarterback sense for me for running backs, but it's, it's really this, the, this scarcity of the position too. I mean, running back falls off so quickly it, soon enough, it becomes, if this happens or he has the upside too, or if this guy gets injured or, you know, there's a lot of like ifs and ors about things that we need to happen for these other guys to kind of pick up pick up the slack or come out of nowhere, you know? And, and I, like, as we've seen with the running back position, it's kind of devalued only a few really make it. And, and, you know, these ones at the top, they seem to hold their value. And, you know, we've seen drop-offs in quarterbacks, whether it's Spencer Rattler, whether it's uh, DJ Ugulele or, or the NFL not valuing them the same, like, like Matt Corral or Sam Howell. And, and, you know, I do agree that you should target these thin positions at the top. I, I like running backs and quarterbacks at the top. I just personally feel better about running backs, especially ones that have some track record to them. I mean, um, I do also so, feel like, like quarterbacks come out of nowhere, though. I mean, to your point, the two quarterbacks you named about having a good stable of quarterbacks on your roster were Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. Both those guys came out of nowhere and were not Debbie rostered quarterbacks. You know what I mean? So these guys come out of nowhere a little bit more. So um, I, I I don't have all the logical data to back that up, but that's the gut feeling I have that I feel like these running backs at the top translate more than some of the quarterbacks. Yeah, they're like easier to predict. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. And uh, I do like to go like quarter. I'm like, I have one team with a zero RB build and it and I love it because as soon as like teams are losing and they got to rebuild, you know what the first thing they do when they sell? They sell their running backs. Yep. And then I'm yeah. there to scoop them up. I'm I'm paying the discount, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, yeah, so it, it's kind of it's that's interesting though. But yeah, running backs are easier to predict once you get kind of down the line, and uh, you can use them right away. I mean, yeah. Hall took him to like week three. I mean, he tore his ACL, but whatever, you can still use them right away. Yeah, what it's like it's been? like quarterbacks are a cone, a cornerstone, a cornerstone piece, and a running back is like a championship maker. You need the running back mm-hmm. to like complete the championship, but a quarterback will be around forever. So really, I agree with our strategy going running back and quarterback at the top here. So I really believe that's where you should target. Yeah. Now let's go into my next pick here. 106, first receiver coming off the board here. It's gonna be Marvin Harrison Jr. He's just He's an ultra athlete, you know, number one freak list on, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but also for our list too, he's pretty high up as well at Cam Scan. So he's a freak. He's got production. He's going to have the size. He already has the name, you know, he, he's, he's kind of, 
he's not scheme dependent. I mean, he can fit into any NFL scheme and be the focal piece as soon as he gets there. So Marvin Harrison Jr. for me, wide receiver one for the 2024 class, I'm locked in. Yeah, and I, I really like that pick too. I mean, for me, I kind of have a trio at the top of that class right now. We'll obviously get into them a little bit more as we go down. So I was okay, again, kind of missing a wide receiver. And just kind of like eventually when I'll get my last guy in that tier, I was happy to kind of wait, especially us two too. So it's kind of easier to play this draft a little bit and get the guys we want. So I'm going to continue my bully running back uh, uh, strategy here. And I'm going to go ahead and take Penn State running back uh, Nicholas Singleton. Um, you know, I'm not really surprised by anything that's happened with him this year. Some people are down because Katron is taking a little bit more work than they expected, but Katron was always, or Katron Allen, another freshman running back there. And he was, he was always the more field ready prospect, you know, came from IMG Academy, uh, ran a, like a, a more pro style offense there, uh, had more experience in between the tackles. Nicholas came from uh, a triple read offense in high school, really hindered his development between the tackles. He's more of a, sp- a size speed specimen who has more of the upside in my opinion. And I trust Penn state to really get, the best out of him. We've seen guys develop like crazy at Penn State, especially when they come in with this kind of athleticism. So I'm locking him in here at 107. And I was surprised to see this guy at 101 by the time some of these other guys clear out. All about the return on investment. Now I'm going to talk <laughs> about Quinshawn Juggins, who was just paying dividends from where you got him in the offseason. So he was like a, what was he, like three star, like RB40, mm-hmm. something like that. Anyway. He's number one freshman running back right now, over a thousand yards rushing. Now in high school, he also lined up out wide out in the slot. So I'm not really worried about the lack of pass catching right now because I know it's going to come, and especially with the lack of offensive weapons they have on that team. Like he's going to be the focal point next year. He's going to be, he could honestly be a, a, a thousand, I mean, he could be a 2000 yard rusher next year, like, you know, back in the days of JT and JK, JK Dobbins. So I'm huge on Quinshawn Judkins. Uh, he's, he should be the clear cut RB2. He should be top two in this class for everybody. Uh, and Debbie, as far as like that class goes for freshmen. And um, yeah, I mean, dude, dude's like 220 running like almost 22 miles an hour as a freshman. Dude's just insane. So yeah, give me I, I honestly, yeah, I honestly feel like a lot of people aren't here yet, aren't willing to say this yet. And I'm with you here. Like this guy should be a first round pick next year. He's having the freshman season we all want from any freshman running back. He's a power five level. He's producing with another like five-star guy in his backfield as well. He's beating all the odds to like, have the fresh the, the glowing freshman season we are always seeking out. I mean, he deserves to be a first round pick, and I love that pick. Um, I was kind of hoping that he was going to reach it back to me, but you're a smart guy, so obviously you're going to take the right guy. Um, let's move on to 109 here, and I'm going to take running back again because I love running backs, and I'm going to take Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen, who we like to call Balin. Um, there's not much to say here. I mean, a lot of everybody knows who this guy is. He's a really interesting size speed guy. The NFL is going to be intrigued by him. There's not a lot of guys that have his build and his kind of tools that he's going to bring. Started the season a little bit slow, but he's been trucking along just fine recently. Um, should really be in contention for a top three running back spot in 2024. At the 110, I'll be taking a Mecca Ibuka. I am double dipping into the Ohio State 2024 class. These two guys are both at the top of my top of the 2024 wide receiver class. They are one and two in those rankings. Uh, the only real question about Mecca's game is if he can be a vertical threat, uh, which, you know, I think we'll see more of next year. But anyway, regardless here, elite route runner. I like this guy a lot here. I mean, there's not much to say. It's Ohio State. They know how to develop talent. He's going to be a first round pick. It's going to be an early declare. He's going to hit every score marker that you want. He's having the breakout that we want to. So Mecca Buka here is the... Second wide receiver off the board. Corey still hasn't taken one yet, which is amazing. <laughs> to me. 
<laughs> so yeah, there it is. And we're at the one ten. So one eleven, Corey. Let's hear it. Yeah, I actually really like. Like he might actually be my wide receiver one right now. Like he was a great value this off season as well. So I'm, uh, um, yeah, I love that pick. I was almost hoping to take him as well, but again, I keep going running back heavy. I can't quit my running backs. Um, but I actually did. Uh, go on a different strategy here at the 111. Uh, I'm going to take another quarterback, and this is my quarterback one of the 2025 class, and that's Penn State quarterback Drew Aller. So I'm doubling up on the Penn State guys here in the first round. Um, this is a guy that, um, I mean, he just checks a lot of the boxes from like a profile standpoint size, arm, pedigree. He's going to get the national attention over there. He's performed really well over the brief stints he's had, in my opinion. You know, good pocket awareness he's got the flashy arm talent that he shows off sometimes i really think that there's like some tremendous upside here i think i kind of think that like 247 nails it with the josh allen comp and i'm not being crazy here that's upside comp okay that's what he can reach but he has the size you see him moving around he's got the mobility at that size it's he's got the arm he throws off all all these different platforms It, it does it does kind of remind me of that, but he's a work in progress. He still needs to get there. But uh, he's, yeah, he's moving like that at like two hundred and forty-two pounds. Yeah, I mean, is dude, that like is that too thick? But do you think he's too thick, or do you think he he's he's pulling it off? Athletic. No, I I think he's pulling it off. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, he he looks fine out there. I mean, there's always in college these guys look faster. You know, it's like the Baker Mayfield thing, or like or like even like Sam Howell. Like I don't think that those athleticism always translate. It's a little something I'm kind of worried about with Grayson McCall as well. I'm where I don't know if his athleticism will translate but i do think that aller's got a little bit more to him plus he could be more of that tough runner i don't think like josh allen is very quick or very fast he's just a smart physical runner you know and i kind of think I, yeah and i kind of think i see that from, from him so anyways i won't go into it too much more that's my guy at uh, at 111 uh drew aller quarterback one of the 2025 class I am going back at 112 to Ohio State. I am taking true freshman quarterback Devin Brown. Uh, my QB1 going into the season for the class. Uh, look, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see CJ Stroud go to the NFL here. This is going to be the first taste that we can see of Ryan Day's quarterbacks going to the NFL because Justin Fields, sure, was kind of the back end. You got a little bit of Ryan Day, but I think the true, like, you know, product of Ryan Day. This is going to be our first taste with, with C.J. Stroud. So the narrative of like Ohio State quarterbacks not translating, like, yeah, that's true. But that's true because of the last coaching staff, not because of what's there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I joke around. I mean, everyone jokes around busting fields, but he's busting his ass across the field to make mm-hmm. those rushing plays. You know, it wasn't really what I, I'm used to seeing in college. He's definitely switching up styles on us. But, uh, I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, it's, and that stuff gets you points for fantasy. It's a fantasy show, so got to love that. But C.J. – not C.J. Stroud. Devin Brown. Devin Brown's my pick here. I, I believe in the system. I've already picked up the other two Ohio State players. Might as well just complete the stack. Uh, that's four Ohio State players in the first round, by the way. Did you yeah. uh, did you want to comment anything about Devin Brown? We haven't seen him yet. Oh, actually, do one more thing. I, I, I don't know who's going to start next year. I'm pretty confident it's got to be Kyle McCord, the seniority. Um, but I think it's going to be a really short leash. And not, not the way everyone's talking about with Tanner Mordecai's short leash, because that leash was super long. Like, let's be real here. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it is going to be a short leash. Like if they start losing even in like a one game early, Devin Brown and then Devin Brown might show out that one game. I think that might be it. So I I'm not I'm not quite in on him being the starter next year. I'm really 50 50. I'm going to be paying attention a lot to the the off season news. I don't know if I can trust our guy Matt Bruning, but uh, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll have to pay attention to that. But Devin Brown yeah. might 112. 
He's uh he's been right more than he's been wrong actually Matt uh, uh Matt Bruning there so I will I do take uh, uh some I do put some weight to his words is what I is what I'll say I but I'm like you I'm like I don't know because I really like Devin Brown too I think when I actually did my assessment as much as I love Drew Aller's arm I do think Devin Brown's arm talent it might have been the best in the class the way he was able to fit in tight windows the accuracy he displayed um, might not be as big as Drew Aller's maybe but he had like just like he, he could throw it on a rope sometimes like it was just it was impressive I thought he had the best arm talent in the class so uh, and like you were saying about the OSU system too though I mean they've really changed over the past like five or six years I want to say like a little bit before Justin Fields they kind of turned into more of this vertical passing and that's why we're seeing four guys in the first round now because they've changed to that. I mean, there was a time where there wasn't that. It was just the running backs, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, and stuff like that. That's really who we were focused on. We weren't focused on on their wide receivers and their quarterbacks as much. But it's, the things are changing. I mean, Alabama's kind of the same way. They've changed a lot, too, over the past little while. So Yeah, and I think a little bit that C.J. Stroud kind of exposed recently in the system is that, yeah, I don't think he's a very good improviser. And so I'm, I'm like, worried about there being too many weapons in Ohio State that, like, these, these uh, quarterbacks have it on, like, easy mode going through college rather than like yeah. Drake May, who's trying to make it work with Antoine Wells and whatever else he's got going on over there. And I, d- I do know. think that's part of the problem that almost hindered fields coming into the NFL is because they got guys running open all the freaking time. It's easy when yeah. you do that. You got guys streaking across the field all over the place. It's easy to hit those. I think that's also why he connected with a guy like like Darnell Mooney first because it was like he was always open, like getting getting uh, using his speed to get open on those crossing routes. You know, this year's been a little bit different because now people you know know to look out for him. But you know, that's why I think that that really hindered his development too. So there there might be something to that too. You know, all this talent making it kind of too easy on the college level sometimes. Yeah. All right. So let's just recap the first round here. Uh, 101, Trayvon Henderson, uh, running back from Ohio State, Caleb Williams, Quinn Ewers, Drake May, Raheem Sanders, Marvin Harrison Jr., Nicholas Singleton, Quinshawn Judkins, Braylon Allen, Emeka Abuka, Drew Aller, and then wrapping up with Devin Brown. I just want to point out that me and Corey obviously favored the 2024 class early on. Uh, we, we preferred the proven talent. Uh, there's definitely some freshmen that we think will will pay dividends and, and they'll they'll raise that draft stock up by the time next year hits. Uh, but there's always guys that fall off. I mean, you talked about DJ, you talked about Spencer Rattler. Those guys were like the one and two. And now mm-hmm. and now they're you know they're on the back of mill cartons, they're missing. So <laughs> so you know it, it's it's uh the proven talent is is better, you know, consistency. I talk about that. We want to see we want to see guys that are proven, not who we, you know, not that I don't trust my analysis, but you know. I'm out here trusting, trusting what's going on on the field. <laughs> no, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show as well. And yeah, I mean, what you see on the field, what you see on the collegiate level, that's always something to bank on a little more, especially at the top. The top, I don't like, maybe I'm a risk limiter a little bit in that way. A risk adverse, I guess is the better term for it. Like I, I like, like to, to, yeah, I like to, to go more with the guys who are, who are more well known at the top. But th- there always is guys like a Singleton, like, like a Devin Brown, like an Aller that you kind of have to get in now at a better price before they skyrocket in price when they're freshmen and stuff. So I do understand taking some of those shots. There's always room to take some of those shots. It's just limiting all of that risk. Don't go heavy freshmen. Don't go at You know, make sure you get some guys that are, that are solid. You already know, have a pretty nice path to the NFL, a path you can, you can see to the NFL. One of the best advice I got for drafting, that's about real draft now in Dynasty, whatever, is that you can't win your league during the draft, but you can lose it. Mm-hmm. So that was like kind of like taking those safe picks early on, you know, 
Don't yeah. fall for don't fall for Michael Thomas in the third round. It's okay. Yeah, Ch <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Let, let's move on here. I'm gonna I'll, we'll break into the second round here. Um, this was the the third guy in my top tier, and I know this guy's fallen out of that tier for some people. Some people want to hold Emeka and Marvin Harrison in their tier alone at the top, and that's fine. I'm still including this guy. He's a little bit different of a player, and that's Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy. Um, I've seen some good improvements this year. I've seen some more use in the short to intermediate game, which is what I like. He was more of a deep threat last year. You see the red zone usage last week. I think he caught like two intermediate red zone touchdowns, which are nice to see better concentrations. Hands were a little bit of a ding on him last year. So it's nice to see that he's kind of taking that step forward in that way. Um, this is a guy that's definitely on more of that, like Deshaun Jackson, Will Fuller type spectrum, but I still think he's an exciting talent. I still think he has excitement at the next level. Yeah, I, I do like Xavier Worthy there. I, I talked a few weeks ago talking about how he was just a deep threat and whatever, but um, I really got to backtrack that a little bit. He does have route running ability. You know, it. I was just kind of, you know, box score analyzing, but the tape, he looks good. Like he he definitely can offer more than he does already for the field. It's just kind of, I think the scheme he plays in Texas, I think he can, he has the ability to do more. So well, let's go into my second pick here. At the 202, I'm taking... Luther Burden, uh, true freshman wide receiver for uh, Mizzou. He's the wide receiver one in his class. Just honestly, just prolific yak guy coming out of like high school. He had like 40, like not 40, something ridiculous, like 20 or 24, like kick return touchdown, something wild like that. And he's showing us on the field exactly what he was in high school. And he's uh, just a monster on the ground, a yak monster. So uh, he's already hit all of his year one zeros. I mean, like across the board, he's eight for eight and it was only halfway through the season. So the real question is, can, can Mizzou fully unlock Luther Burden, or is he going to have to go somewhere else? I mean, I know I joke saying he goes to Alabama, but, like, let's let's be serious here. He might have to go somewhere else because, I mean, that quarterback's not it. I mean, it's just – if he wants to put up numbers, he'll have to go somewhere else. But if he wants to just, I don't know, stay home for his home team, sure, he can stay at Mizzou. But if he, <laughs> if he, wants, to, if he wants to really maximize his NFL potential, I think, I think he might have to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's a really interesting player in his versatility too. And I think sometimes I worry about him going to a place like Alabama who will mainly treat him more like a traditional wide receiver where like I kind of want to see this guy take care of you out of the backfield. I want to see him in the slot. I want to see him outside. Like maybe it's kind of weird, but like maybe like your alma mater over at, at Kentucky, like maybe taking over like that, that, uh, that Wandale Robinson role or like that role they kind of hoped Tavian Robinson would be this year, but maybe being that, that main guy that's used in all those different facets and you're still going to get NFL attention that way. I mean, Wandale was like a second round pick. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of envision that I want to see him like, just like be a dude, an offense centered around him, you know, like a Debo. He could, he could be the Debo of an offense. He really could. Like he has that build, you know, I think, yeah, I think I was, he's I was thinking about how uh, BYU uses Puka Nakua. Like yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. That, like use him as like a gadget player, but like a gadget player with plus ability. You know, like he can develop into more than just that. Yeah, gadget. exactly. So, so I love that he's still my wide receiver one of this class as well. Um, my wide receiver two, those who I'm going to pick at my two point three, and that's Everett Evan Stewart over at Texas A and M. Um, I think he's on pace to finish with the most receiving class um, receiving yards in this class right now. Um, fantastic. Is it is so wrong? wrong? Who is it? Yeah, we'll talk about him later. Oh, okay. I, I, okay. Maybe I was looking at like power, power fires or, I mean, uh, um, I'm, sorry. Maybe I was looking Long at the again. sec. Was it sec? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I, yeah, SEC. I think I might've been, yeah. Maybe as the sec, maybe that's what I was looking at. Okay. Fantastic athlete. He almost gives me, um, Garrett Wilson vibes. 
with the way he can attack the ball, move around a little bit. Um, probably a little bit more agile in shorter spaces than, than Wilson was, but um, he's meeting all the expectations here that we want. He's very deserving of the wide receiver, wide receiver two spot of this 2025 class and a 2.3 of this draft. Yeah, coming in, there was three guys uh, that I thought were pretty pretty uh, developed for route runners uh, as far as freshmen go, and he was number one on those three. We'll talk about the other two later, but he was definitely in that tier of, of uh, going to be next-level technicians, and those guys always translate well, and they're always a safe, a safe pick. So I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to talk about my wide receiver, too, though. I recently moved him above him. And I hope it's not taken as a as a uh, homer pick, but I'm talking about Barryon Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Barryon Brown, who he's Corey's over here talking about how Luther Burden can fill in that Wandell role. Barryon's going to do that. I'm going to tell you that he played that yeah. role in high school, same offense, uh, top level athlete. I mean, that's that's kind of the reason why I have him above Evan Stewart because he's not a technician. But I think with his athletics, if he can learn to be a technician, he, his ceiling is going to be way higher than than what Evan Evan Stewart's is going to be. A uh, little bit bigger size too. I think he's 6 foot 1, maybe actually 6 foot, but again 6 foot 1 in that in that nice area. Um anyway, Barry Brown has been the best special teams player in the co- in the country as a freshman. He's going to be developing here. He's he's already the focal point of the Kentucky's offense. He gets that for two more years. Hopefully we bring in a quarterback cuz I might make jokes about Luther Burden leaving. Barry might have to leave if we don't have a good quarterback. <laughs> I mean honestly, like being real with us, but like uh, Barry and Brown, he's going to be my 204 here, Kentucky true freshman wide receiver, Barry and Brown. Yeah, no, and I, I like that call, especially the special teams aspect. That's going to get him on the field early at the NFL level as well. And he's a special return thing. Like how, how many have almost gone for touchdowns already or big returns? And it's only been like freaking 10 weeks into this season. I mean, I, as a freshman, up, already, it might be like two and it might've been like one or two called back as well. Like, yeah, like he's he's been special as a return guy. So I definitely see that that's also my top three tier as well as with with Barry and Brown, Stewart and uh, and Luther Burden. So I like that we went back to back here. One, two, three. I mean, you can tell it's hard to kind of separate all these guys in, in a sense. But, uh, but yeah, both, both, all three have, have special talent. And um, at 205 here for me, I'm going to go ahead. And even though I hate them, I'm going to go ahead and take the first tight end off the board uh, from a team that I like to call myself a fan of uh, at Georgia with uh, tight end Brock Bowers. Um, we've talked about it a lot. It's a pretty barren tight end landscape, especially after we take out some of these twin twin three guys that we kind of maybe have some hope for. Uh, so Brock Bowers sticks out like a sore thumb, man. You know, the NFL is going to love his athleticism and he's one hell of a blocker too, man. He's, he's, he's already put on the weight we wanted to see from being a recruit. Um, he's six, three, maybe six, four. So that's maybe like the biggest question around him. If you're a big height guy or whatever, and you want to make that uh, the reason you might not like Brock, but I think he's going to be a stud at the next level and maybe like a George Kittle type at the next level. So, so we'll see with some more athleticism. I was going to ask about size concerns, but you already answered that. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that here. Now two Oh six. Um, I'm ready to get hurt. That's that's what this is going to be. <laughs> I'm ready to get hurt. It's going to be Connor Wegman. Uh, my QB three of the freshman class. Came off a great one-game start. Was sick for the second game, so that was a little disappointing last minute. But it, it's just a one-game sample size. But he looks great. I mean, he looked great in that one game. I, I hope he can fit. I mean, he's not going to finish the rest of the year like that. But, man, if he goes on a streak finishing the rest of the year the way he did against uh, – it's escaping me. Who did he play? Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, that's a good defense. Anyway, Connor Wegman is my QB3 in the class uh, with chances to go higher than he is. He was my QB six preseason and just after one game moved him up. So I really hope it's not a DJU situation. It's going to pull my leg here, <laughs> but Texas A&M, Connor Wegman, I hope he doesn't save Jimbo Fisher's career. 
but I also hope he does well. Honestly, like I don't think that it's crazy if you were to tell me at the end of the year that that Wegman is your quarterback too over anybody else, just because we've seen it and we're not going to see Devin Brown, we're not going to see Ty Ty Simpson, we're not, um, and, and then like the other guy we're going to get into a little bit early later, Kate Klubnik. We'll we'll talk about him a little bit more there, but I wouldn't be surprised. I thought he looked awesome against Ole Miss for a guy who starting his first game. Uh, quick decisions, got the ball up quick. Uh, you even saw him like doing some NFL concepts. They put him under center. He was running play action, rolling out. He even threw a touchdown, I think, on a rollout too, um, like on a rifle. So he, he's one that's checking a lot of boxes for me. The early flash, the pedigree. Yeah, he's, he's connected with Evan Stewart too for like 100 yards there. Like, man, if you had that stack for like C to C for like next three years, like you got to feel pretty good about that. Both Debbie yeah, assets too. And I got yeah. I got to defend myself here, Corey, because I don't know if you listened to back to Debbie or not back to Debbie, Debbie debate last week when Chris Moxley came out and said, I got a trade offer from a manager and see the C and I won't say his name. I'm going to say it was me. And he <laughs> incorrectly stated what the trade was. It made me look bad. I offered him. I'm talking about after like that game. I offered him Quinn Ewers, my first, not his. He said it was his, my first and Ontario Brown because he has Whaley for Drake May. Cause I was like, maybe Drake May is his QB two and Quince is QB one. And then the first was supposed to be for, for Wegman, you know, a proven mm-hmm. quarterback talent. And then I was going to do a little over the top, you know, sprinkling on some, some CFF asset, hoping that the CFF and him was like, Oh, Ontario Brown. Yeah. And, and then whatever. So. No, I mean, I kind of, I, I get why Chris said no to that. I mean, you got two like stud quarterbacks. You're not going to want to like come, come off them. For are, two yeah. guys who are on the up and up. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to want to come off them for, unless you're going to be paying out the ass. So uh, while I appreciate your offer and what you were thinking, I can see why Chris would, <laughs> would deny you pretty quick on that one. Um, but it, it's exciting. You, you picked the wrong time. You went right with the recency bias. How could you do that right after the game? That's the worst time to try to trade for a player. <laughs> I was trying to. He always calls uh, Quinn the prince that was promised. I'm like, maybe, maybe I can cash in yeah, on that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you could, you could have, you could have uh, tried at least that way. Um, he's always touting those, those five star and those high star guys that you got, you got to take them. So, but I mean, he's got a couple of them there that he doesn't need to move off. So, <laughs> um, but moving right along here, uh, that was 206 was uh, Texas A&M quarterback Connor Wegman, and at 207. I'm going to go back to Georgia and I'm going to take the freshman running back there by the name of Branson Robinson. Um, This is just a shot towards the future. Obviously we saw him get double digit carries one time this season. He amassed 98 yards for a touchdown on 12 on only 12 carries. I think that's like eight, some eight point something yards per carry, which is pretty damn good. He's going to be the future of Georgia running back. You got Andrew Paul still there, but he's going to be recovering from the ACL. We know, we, we know that sometimes that has its complications. He might not be, you know, right up to par at the beginning of the year. Um, this backfield also has uh, a lot of NFL draft eligible guys. I don't know how many guys are going to go. I don't know how many guys are going to return, but um, I think Branson is going to be a heavy part of this rotation in as early as 2023 and probably has the makings of either a day two pick or maybe he sneaks in to round one if he's just some kind of monster or something but i mean even like nick chubb was a monster and he's he ended up a day two pick so he's he's gonna be a high pick in the nfl draft no i like i think it's the future of the program so you said and i i think kendall Millen comes back and i don't think it's crazy to say this i think branson robson i'll touch us in next year i don't really i mean we've, yeah. we've seen milton there's really nothing special compared to what they had there at georgia he's nothing special compared to what they have no. there milton's I, gonna I like, trip over his purse and never be able to play another game <laughs> and I wasn't a fan of Zamir White, and I'm like sitting here watching Zamir White breadbasket carry the ball. I mean, he's one of the most violent runners I've seen in college football. But like, he hit yeah. the line. He's just like, I'm gonna double wrap up this ball, lower my helmet, and just bounce around until I fall down. And that was Zamir White. And then Kendall Millen couldn't couldn't play over that. And now we get finally get to see Kendall Millen, and he's just 
he's not what we saw from high school. So mm-hmm. I'm with you, Branson Robinson, dude, future of the program. Uh, that was the RB3, I believe, for the uh, running back class of 2025. Mm-hmm. Now I'll be going back to the 2025 class and pick my wide receiver four here. And that's Antonio Williams, Clemson wide receiver. I talked about technicians. He's also in that tier for me. So it's, it's Evan Stewart and then Antonio Williams. Uh, I think he's the leading receiver right now for Clemson as a true freshman. That's kind of amazing. Uh, it's not saying much because he's got DJU throwing to him. So it's not like, you know, he's putting up really big numbers. But uh, Antonio Williams uh, is going to be the future of our receiver core. Hopefully, Clay Klubnick, Kate Klubnick can put it together and they can grow together. Kind of like that Wegman Evan Stewart thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah, like that pick. He's definitely shown out quite a bit this year. Uh, moving on to 209. Uh, this little guy is a little bit down early in the season. I think you were kind of with me. Some people were. I mean, there was a lot of uh, kind of ominous energy around him in the offseason. Some some comments from Saban over at Alabama as well. And I'm going with wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks. Um, you know, this guy never really struck me as an overly dynamic guy, but he's really become the go-to guy for Alabama over like the past, you know, month or so, you know, and he's done, he's looked pretty good doing it. Um, his, his hands are kind of the one thing that really sticks out to me. He makes some pretty great catches, some pretty good body control. Um, he's someone that's climbed a lot for me in this class after being a little bit lower on him. Um, you know, we've been looking for answers in this wide receiver core and he seems to be it for now. So I, I'm pretty, uh, I, I was too low on him earlier. I'm glad that I moved him up now. This feels like a good spot for him to kind of take the chance on the Alabama wide receiver of the future. Hopefully another early day pick, you know, day one, day two type guy. So Ja'Cory Brooks here at 209 for me. I have not truly watched him. Uh, obviously, we were wrong with the offseason. Everyone was wrong with the offseason narratives. And then mm-hmm. uh, the early play kind of seemed to solidify, like, you know, prove the offseason narratives to be correctly. But he he's the leading receiver for Alabama right now. I mean, yeah. the, the whole Alabama wide receiver course just making me feel a certain way and it's not a good thing so <laughs> yeah. so it's uh jacory broke someone that i'm gonna be studying the offseason for sure to make up my mind where i want to put him uh was he the see the wide receiver four in that class we've gone like all freshmen lately haven't we um harrison egbuka worthy and then and brooks, brooks yeah, yeah four. wide receiver four yeah all right well i'm going back to alabama here jamarion miller running back true freshman uh he's just been everything you want to see in the first we talk about branson robinson uh jamarion's been doing the same thing but for alabama uh he just doesn't have that that size that we like uh but i mean he he looks to be better than chase mcclellan kind of the same story but chase is a lot has a better uh athletic upside than kendall millen but very similar narrative here for me where i think jamarion has shown enough that he's going to have a very big role next year and i'm not necessarily sure he overtakes chase the way i think branson is overtaking milton but Jamarion is clearly a part of the future here. He's getting on the field early. Not only that, he looks great doing it so far. Yeah, and he coming into the year, he was my 2024 running back four. Um, that's a that's a pin pin tweet posted on my account, and here he is rated now 2024 or 2025 RB4. So feeling pretty good about that right now. I thought I saw a lot of exciting things with him, a lot of uh, versatility as well. So was a guy who caught a lot of balls as a in high school as well. So uh, yeah, excited to see that he's got on the field here. Uh, Manuel Henderson, not really a factor at all. I'm not really sure, sure what's going on with Manuel Henderson. He switched him over to wide receiver. I don't think yeah, he's got any snaps at all, but um, yeah, no, not really much going on there. Now for me, I'm going at 211 here and I'm not going to lie to you. This was the pick that this is the only pick of the draft actually that I didn't really feel overly excited about. I think I kind of just went a little bit too consensus here. Kept my, kept my thing. And maybe it's just because he's not having an exciting year, but I'm talking about 
Clemson wide receiver Bo Collins. Um, I love his size, love the early productions, seems like a good athlete. Um, but there were some questions and, and production that I maybe would like to see answered this year and I would have liked to see a little bit more production. You know, it doesn't really seem to be happening with the way uh, Clemson's offense is. You know, I kind of wanted to see, can he play outside more? This guy who played a little bit more in the slot last year. Can he be the go-to guy? Can he be a guy in space, someone they can get the ball into in space and kind of move around, force some missed tackles, whatever, you know? So there's some questions there now with the injury as well that we're not going to going to kind of get answered um but there are some great historical presidents here at clemson for wide receivers they've had some of the best track record for for wide receivers making it to the nfl you know deandre hopkins t higgins whatever you want to say there's a lot of guys that that make it so he's gonna have the nfl attention but i'm not gonna lie his ranking this high scares me a little bit i agree with you and i felt relieved when you took him because i wouldn't have to make that decision yeah i know he he kept sitting there and sitting there and i'm like some week someone's got to take him at some point here but yeah you is nerfing this offense and and like the sad part is that we may we may never see what bo collins can be at the next Mm -hmm. like at at his peak and it's just going to be he's going to be a discount rookie draft there's going to be some home leagues where he's going to fall for the exact reasoning we're saying that we we haven't really gotten a good look at him we might not so uh he might be he might be a nice discounted player in, in dynasty leagues. Uh, wrapping up the second round, two twelve. I am taking. This is gonna be probably a hot take here. I'm taking Oscar Delp now. Early in the season, I on the Instagram page here, I said Oscar Delp is gonna be a generational talent for tight end, and I mean that. I really not. I'm not just saying that. Like he looked great in the spring game. He's gonna be the future of this program. These pass catchers for Georgia are not special. Like none of them are special. I have none of them ranked that highly in Debbie. I am not projecting any of them to really take a huge step. But Oscar Delp, as soon as Brock Bowers is gone, Darnell Washington is going to go to the draft too, probably. Uh, Eric Gilbert, I don't know what's up with him. I am I am finally officially out. I finally said it. I am I'm not I'm not in. This should be I think this should be the Oscar Delp show next year, and I'm gonna be excited about it. Man, and he's got better size than Brock Bowers too. I might we might that's gonna be a debate in the offseason. Brock Bowers is six foot like three two thirty something like that. Oscar Delp is six foot six, and I think he was—I think he's also two thirty. But as a freshman, you're not really worried about that. He'll put on that weight, so he's got the size, he's got the athletics, um, he's a very smooth route runner for a tight end. Oscar Delp is going to be the tight end one in his class, and he's going to be—I really want to say—he's going to be a Kyle Pitts level level uh, level player. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. And I mean, you're speaking to my heart talking about a Georgia guy anyways. I mean, so I just wanted to look it up quick. He's 6'5", 225 is what he's listed as. So his weight's a little bit low, I guess, for that size. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll want to see that. But, I mean, he's at Georgia. He's going to get the pounds he needs to, to by the time the NFL draft comes around. Even if he's 6'5", 240, 235, somewhere around there. I'm sure that's where he's going to be. He might even end up at 250 with that kind of frame. Um, but yeah, he looks super good. Spring game, he was like the main weapon there. And I mean, there was even a couple. Eight he's got ninety-one. Yeah, he's got against, he's gotten against some NFL level and, talent, bro. Hell yeah, he's gotten some some good. Uh, not not good. He's gotten some time in garbage time as well. Where I've seen him out there, and he's in the middle of the field, and he's doing all right. Three catches versus uh, Auburn. He had two catches versus uh, South Carolina. One for a touchdown as well. So he's shown little flashes here and there, and they show that they're kind of excited about him. You know, he's getting on the field. You know, over over Gilbert. I don't know what's going on with Gilbert, anyways, but uh, he seems to even get. You know, when he's out there, he gets more attention than freaking Darnell. So. Um, I think he's a special type talent as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at the top of the tight end ranking sooner than later. The, the one thing standing in his way is Brock Bauer. So obviously um, we're gonna have to see how that works out. This becomes more of like a, like a two tight end offense or something, but, uh, but yeah, did, did you want to recap the second round here before we move on? Yeah, Let's go ahead. Let's recap this 201 Xavier worthy 202 Luther burden 203 Evan Stewart 204 Barry and Brown 205 Brock Bowers 
206, Connor Wegman, ready to get hurt on that one. 207, hmm. Branson Robinson. 208, Antonio Williams. 209, Ja'Cory Brooks. 210, Jamarion Miller. 211, not feeling good about ourselves with Bo Collins. <laughs> and then 212, getting really kind of hot takey here, Oscar Delp. Go ahead and lead us off on 301. Uh, yeah, no, I will say about that second round, though, too. You, know, you can see us wanting to take a little more risk, a lot more uh, freshmen in that one. So The upside, when, the mystery boxes yeah. are starting to appeal to us. <laughs> Once we locked in those those assets we liked, we kind of moved on a little bit. But uh, another another kind of mystery box here. I'm going to start off at 301. But this one's got a lot of upside, okay? I love this guy. I think you love this guy, too. But we're going to talk about Alabama wide receiver Isaiah Bond at 3.01. Now, this might be a little bold. Some guys might like him a little, other guys a little bit more because he hasn't played as much. Um, but this is just... So much upside in this player. Lightning quick athleticism. Um, very raw player. But he's getting on the field early already for Alabama, which is just awesome. You know, I think me and you have talked about in the offseason, we view this guy as the number one wide receiver kind of in this class. And like to me, I kind of think he's proving it. You know, I don't I know uh, Kobe Prentice got out there uh, a little bit earlier, but I think he's flashed a little bit more. And that speed, oh my god. I mean, you even didn't you post a clip of him just burning a DB on Twitter like the other day? Oh yeah. Yeah, like yeah. just add, like you can't even get a hand on this guy. Like, I mean, in that speed, once he kind of puts it all together, like, man, this is like the next like Jalen Waddle type guy, like, like uh, of the of this class. So I'm very high on this guy. Uh, this guy could be a top three wide receiver in the 2025 class. So Isaiah Bond here at 3.1. Yeah, and that clip too, you can see his uh his acceleration off the line and also how he dealt with press coverage. So it yeah. was it's it's encouraging to see him learn those things because he was someone that we all thought was very raw and just a pure athlete, but very much the Alabama profile that you want for a wide receiver. And uh, he's clearly studying his craft very well to get on the field this early. Uh, going on into the 302, uh, Cade Klubnik, true freshman quarterback for Clemson. Uh, look, during the recruiting process, a lot of our recruitment team here at, at Campus Scan, I'm talking about like Matt, uh, Austin, I'm trying, I can't remember that one, but anyway, they weren't high on him. They really weren't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know in our Debbie guide, he ended, or on the freshman guide, he ended up being a tier one, but it wasn't really until Alan True talked to them. Uh, Alan True, scout for 24-7 sports here, kind of swayed the team saying that he looked different in person than he does anywhere else. So uh, we've seen some spot starts. Uh, the last four games has just not been any real flashes, not not positive flashes, but we've seen some real negatives here. Um, not that freshman need to be, but like Connor Wegman just had a great game. I mean, he's, he's five for 14 for 36, 36 yards and one pick. I believe actually, I put that down as a touchdown, but it was supposed to be a pick. Uh, we're going to, we're looking at about five quarterbacks for the 2025 class, right? Like that's kind of how everyone's preseason rankings were with, uh, Wegman being, being the back in there at five. That's supposed to be a sack quarterback class, Corey. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's, that's a huge class. So I'm asking you. Do you think this quarterback class is going to hold with five QBs going in as like first round talents, or do you think one guy falls off? And I'm going to, I'm kind of leading into it's Clay Club, Cade Clubnick going to be that guy that falls off. Yeah. Um, I definitely think this class has some excitement. I mean, like starting at the top, we've already talked about them with Drew Aller, uh, a guy like uh, Devin Brown as well. Um, Connor Wagman is a guy like, like to, to me personally, right now, 
because of what we've seen and whatever, the two guys that I feel the best about are probably Drew Aller and Connor Wegman. And that might be bold or whatever to put Connor Wegman maybe at two. Like maybe he is my quarterback two right now just because I've seen it and I feel confident in that. Um, so I like those two guys. They check the, the size boxes. They check the pedigree boxes. They check the power five boxes. They check, they check a lot, everything that you kind of need to see. Um, now when you move on and I'm even, I could put Devin Brown in this conversation as well. And Ty and Ty Simpson and Kate Klubnick. I think they're all exciting talents. Um, but the one thing that kind of bugs me with these three as well is the size a little bit. Um, uh, I know Devin Brown's listed at 210 now. I don't know if I believe it fully because he was under 200 pounds as a prospect. Klubnik under 200 pounds as a prospect. Simpson under 200 pounds as a prospect. Uh, Simpson and Klubnik are both still listed under 200 pounds. So some of that does bother me a little bit. Um, you know, and then we were talking about Devin Brown and Ty Simpson as well. You've got Bama, who still has Jalen Milroe. Um, you know, has looked shaky at times, but brings a lot of upside and physical gifts could be the guy for Bama. We might not see Ty Simpson for two years. And then like we were talking about with Ohio, Ohio state um, uh, could be Kyle McCord. That ends up being the, uh, the starter there for, um, for Ohio state. And we might have to wait two years for Devin Brown as well. So uh, I don't really know um, uh, how those guys are, are, how long those guys, we're going to have to wait to see some of those guys, but, but K club Nick here. So this is a guy that we have seen, right? Um, I went and rewatched his game versus Syracuse after after we decided we were going to talk about him, and I I came away just severely underwhelmed. Like I did it at live as well. I watched a lot more closely this time, and it was a lot of underthrown balls, held onto the ball forever at times. Uh, wasn't trusting what he was seeing at all. Had a hard time pulling the trigger. Um, his legs were essentially the only thing of note in this game to me, because uh, otherwise, like it honestly felt like he was either checking it down or just tossing like a 50-50 ball up for grabs. Like that's honestly what it what it felt like. And I know Clemson's offensive line is shaky as well, but he just didn't look didn't look ready compared to guys like Wegman and Aller who are stepping in fresh off the bench as well and and look pretty damn good as well. So right now I'm feeling good about those two guys at the top. I'm liking their round one potential. Um, I kind of think the jury is still out on the rest, but if there was one guy, I'm going to go for first round potential as well. It's it's that Devin Brown. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you on that too. And just going back to that Syracuse game, I thought the play calling was a lot of like, they're trying to ask him to do what they would ask DJU to do. To do. Yeah. DJU to do. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so it just looked like they want him to run down the field. And it's like, yeah, this guy does not have the same build as DJU. You cannot yeah. run this way. So it, I, maybe next year or whenever they transition over to K club and they may already have a different playbook for him tailored to what he can do. But so we're being overly critical. I mean, these are just freshmen. They got yeah, plenty of yeah. time. You know, these they're, they're, uh, you're a five-star, you're like automatically planned to be the future for at least two years there. So Yeah, we can't just tell you they're all awesome and all good, okay? We got we to gotta tell you something. We got to separate yeah. them somehow. <laughs> uh, go, go with the 303, Corey. All right, so this one it might be a little bit bold as well, especially after I looked at the guy you picked next because maybe I kind of forgot about that guy, but that's okay because I just still want to talk about this guy anyways, and I'm going to talk about a freshman at uh, California, and that's Jaden Knott. Um, this guy really came out of nowhere, kind of surprised most of us by being the starter as a true freshman. Um, he's had some really big games, went over 200 yards against Arizona, I think as well. He's also struggled against some tougher competition, you know, um, maybe just not, not as much volume as well. Um, but the receiving usage has also taken an uptick when he's faced that competition. I think even last week versus USC, he went for uh, seven for 70 yards through the air. So looking at a multifaceted weapon, someone who's getting that early playing time, someone at a power five conference. And I just think that that someone deserves our attention. So I'm, I'm happy with Jaden Nod here at 3.3. He's got a great frame too. Like you can tell he can put on yep. like that 220, 225 and not lose athleticism. And that's what you really want. Those guys that are built like those guys that Billy like Saquon where they're just like 225. Like that's, that's when you get to like the elite tier of players there. But yeah, 
Yeah, so 304, Corey hinted at it. Will Shipley, uh, running back for Clemson. And, like, honestly, I kind of forgot about him, too. Uh, every time we watch Clemson, I'm, I'm too busy screaming at the screen to get DJU off the field. I'm so tired <laughs> of seeing that. Give me somebody else, you know. So uh, Will Shipley was forgotten here. We have a lot of Clemson in here. Uh, but I do want to ask before I get into why I have Shipley here is, Corey, would you rather have him or we were talking about Jay now. Would you rather have him or Jamarion Miller? Will Shipley mm. or Jamarion Miller? That's a close one, actually, because I both see some similarities there between the two players. Um, I think I'm siding. Yeah, that's a close one. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough. That's a tough. I almost, I was just about to say Will Shipley, but I also really like Miller and I like what he's doing over there. Um, what about? I'm going to say. Um, what about? Branson? I go. With, I go with Branson. I think that I like okay. the upside with Branson. Yeah. Yeah, I like the upside with Branson more. I, I'll say Will Shipley and Jamarion is a toss-up for me. I'd pro- probably lean Shipley, though, maybe. Okay, so Jamarion was a 210 for everyone listening. We're at the 305. So uh, we just have to have some accountability here. We might have forgotten a player here. But Will Shipley is a guy that uh, we criticize both uh, in the offseason, saying that he likes to, to kick stuff out wide. He's not much of a down-the-middle-of-the-field runner. Uh, I'm not, I haven't watched last, his last three games. I really haven't paid attention to him the last three games. I know that's when he's gotten his workload increase. He's not doing these, like, you know, 10, 12. He's now hitting, like, the 20-plus carries. So I'm interested to watch those once the offseason comes so I can see uh, – clearly getting the ball more, so I should be able to see him go down the middle more. I want to see what he can do down the middle. That's our one question about him. We both agree he's the RB4. He's the RB4 for his class. Uh, yeah. But he's definitely got some serious upside for sure. Cannot doubt that. So some serious upside. Yeah, that was our fault there. We definitely forgot about him. He probably shouldn't have lasted to the third round. So sorry, everybody out there, but that's okay. We're going to move right along here like that was meant to be. And I'm going to go over to 305. And I'm kind of copping out here maybe a little bit just because I was kind of stuck here on who I should have chose. So I went with the simple answer of the five-star quarterback going to Alabama. And that's Ty Simpson. Um, Talked about it when we were talking about the quarterbacks. Not sure when you're going to see this guy. I also do like Jalen Milroe. If this draft went a little bit deeper, I probably would have drafted him too a little bit later. I'm I'm one of the guys kind of in his back pocket, um, a little bit more raw, a little, little more of a different type player. So I don't know if Alabama wants to go to that. Um, but I mean, Ty Simpson, you can't go wrong with picking a five-star quarterback going to Alabama. He's going to get his shot eventually, whether it's at Alabama or whether he doesn't want to wait around and he goes somewhere else, whatever. I mean, with that kind of pedigree, um, you're, you're, you're getting some insulated value there. So I'm, I'm good with Ty Simpson here at three Oh five. I like that, man. I just don't know what to think about him. You kind of mentioned earlier talking about Jalen Milrose. Jaylen, I think Jalen Milrose definitely going to get in the first crack at that starting job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't think Jalen Milrose is that good. I really don't. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think I've seen enough flashes of him being a, That's fair, a yeah. passer. Um, and as a runner, he's like big, but I don't know if he's really got that like twitch or whatever. I don't think he's an elite rusher, and I don't think his passing is that good. But so I'm a little worried about Ty Simpson taking too much time to get on the field. We haven't seen him enough. He might become like a little bit forgotten. Uh, I, in my opinion, he's not getting recruited over next year, so I no worries about that. Um, but he's definitely a mystery, and there's just too many variables for me to feel good about that mystery box. So I, I like him in the third round here, but. He's definitely QB five in his class. Like solidified, yeah. he's definitely not top four. So, um, going on to my three hundred six here, JoJo Earl going back to the Alabama wide receivers. Uh, he was injured in the offseason. Was he torn ACL or what was? Do you know what his injury was off the top of your head? I can't remember. It was like six weeks something for a foot, I believe. 
So yeah, it wasn't a tear, torn ACL though. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he's back from injury, and I thought that he might be taking over this role. You know, it wasn't uh, Jim Jameer. Uh, my gosh, uh, Jermaine Burton. I'm forgetting his name the way he forgets how to play football. So it clearly wasn't Jermaine Burton. Uh, and um, I was like looking for someone to step up. And I, all of a sudden, it's Ja'Cory Brooks and not JoJo Earl. Uh, so JoJo Earl is not doing enough on the field for me right now. But I, he has so much talent, so much hype behind him, uh, so much support. I just can't fade him. Uh, but the way you feel about Bo Collins in the late second, I, I'm having those feelings about JoJo Earl. And we're here in like the mid-third. Um, so I really hope to see him uh, – take a next step next year. But if he doesn't take the next step by like mid season, uh, he's going to be just like Jermaine Brown. I'm going to be dropping him deep in my rankings. All right, Corey, who do you got at 307? Yeah, no, at 307, this is a guy who had a monster game uh, last week. And he's kind of been going up and down this year, kind of been riding a little bit of a wave. Um, and it's been more about the workload. But I'm going to talk about Devin Neal over at Kansas, uh, running back over at Kansas. Yeah, I think he's been pretty efficient with his touches. But, the, I mean, the crazy game last week was over 300 yards against, oh, I can't remember who it was. Now, was it Oregon State? Oh, I can't remember who it was. Anyways, Oklahoma, he, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, yeah. Over 200 yards rushing, over 100 yards through the air. Um, I mean, this is the first time the guy got like over 25 carries, I think this year, or over even 20 carries. So he hasn't received the workload that we really hope for, but I, I, I think he's done really well with his touches. Um, I know some people are down him because of, of Kansas and because of the recruiting, but, um, this is just a guy that I can't stop rooting for. And I think whenever he gets the chance, he does well with it. So uh, I, I'm fine with him here at 307. I think he's going to get the workload that we want to see eventually, um, just might not be working out the way we wanted to in, in this year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Devin Neal here at 307. Uh, it's his first time over 14 carries, by the way. Yeah, see, so. see, he really hasn't been getting the workload this year. And I honestly yeah. think that's more of the problem than than it isn't. But, yeah. And you're right, efficient rusher. And I wonder if they're only doing this because, like, injuries to Jalen Daniels. But it's just a shame to see someone that we were all excited about in the offseason. And he seems to just be, like, a casualty of the offensive system. So going into uh, the 308 here for me, Adam Randall, uh, quarterback for Clemson here. Quarterback, excuse me, wide receiver for Clemson. He was a tier one guy for us in the offseason uh, as a company. Uh, big guy, athletic, uh, kind of like the Bo Collins, kind of like the same same, uh, same stylistic player, but we thought his athleticism was maybe in a higher level. So he had great rapport all offseason too until he tore his ACL. Uh, Clemson's got something funny going on over there. So he's already back from his torn ACL. It only took him like, I think like six, seven months, something like that. Something in the water over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he's the only, I'm spoiling this for the rest of the mock draft here. He's the only year one zero that's still left on this list here. So uh, he's went two for like 27 this past game, even with DJU and K Clubnick's terrible throwing. Um, but I have confidence he beats that. He's someone that, He's, I think out of everyone here so far, he can raise his stock the most because he's deep here, but he can, I think he has the ability to get back into that top five, like wide receiver conversation for sure. So Adam Randall, 308. Yeah, I loved Adam Randall, loved Adam Randall. Okay, hearing about the ACL was absolutely brutal. Um, I had taken this guy pretty early in some drafts. Luckily, I got him at a discount afterwards. I'm just kind of hoping he can return to what we had saw. I mean, this was a guy who was like taking wildcat snaps, was rushing the ball, uh, even like threw for a touchdown, I believe, at one point. And like he, he has the speed, has the size. Oh, I just I thought he had like prototypical X in his future. Um, so we'll have to see how that like shakes out from after the injury and, and what's going on at Clemson there. But another guy that I did love this class, um, heading over to Houston at 3.09. And I'm going to talk about wide receiver, Matthew Golden. Um, 
Now, Houston, of course, is a program that's going to be hopping into the Big 12, I believe. Big 12, right? That's where they're hopping. Um, so they're going to be part of the of the Power 5 next year. Um, he's going to be taking over for Nathaniel Dell, who's moving on to the NFL, but very concentrated role there. Um, uh, Nathaniel has been a little bit of a smaller guy, uh, so not getting as much NFL attention as I think someone like Matthew Golden will, who's got a little bit of a better size. Um, but the but the production that they get, it's just ridiculous. I, like Nathaniel Dell's like 100 yards and a touchdown like every freaking game. So uh, Matthew Golden's got great size you got great athleticism he's got some decent pedigree um and now moving over to the power five level i think he's gonna get the attention he needs to become a legitimate prospect in the 2025 class yeah i love the pick there i talked about the route runners earlier he it was him he was the number three guy there so evan stewart uh antonio williams and uh matthew golden were the three guys i thought were more advanced for route running compared to the rest of the class coming in and i i thought hard between him and adam randall uh but I just I kept kept thinking the upside of Adam Randall. I just couldn't yeah. think about the upside. So yeah. that was a tough one for me. But like those two guys could be like interchangeable. Now the three ten, I got a little saucy here on on Corey. Threw him, threw him a blind sign in with this one. I'm going I'm going Malik Benson, JUCO transfer coming in. He's still mm-hmm. he's uh, going to be a part of the 2024 class coming in for Alabama. Uh, he's a he's he's. He might take over uh, Isaiah Bond's role. I mean, it's kind of like the same style player here. They're speedsters. Stop it. <laughs> They're speedsters. <laughs> and I, like, they'll both be on the field, but only one guy is going to be the more productive player there. So um, Lee Benson is going to be uh, kind of that speedster threat there. So I don't want to say he's like a Jalen Waddle. I'm not sure if he's like that level. But watching his Juco film, he looked great. I mean, a thousand-yard receiver as a, as a freshman. He definitely got hit off his routes for sure. Um but he's like a really smaller frame guy anyway. I think it's like five. I think he's like the same size as a bond right now. I think actually. So, uh, but Malik Benson, number one, Juco transfer recruit going to Alabama. He should be, he should be in top 10 wide receiver conversations for his class. Uh, as soon as he comes on over and it's a crime that I can't rank him right now for camps to can. I got to wait until the off season. <laughs> well, yeah, he's technically joined 2023. It's kind of it's kind of a cheat here, but you know, technically he's been in college already, so um, you're allowed to make the pick. At least I'll allow it for Debbie purposes, anyways. Um, but yeah, he's in that mold of that typical uh, Alabama wide receiver, speedy, quick, uh, a little bit smaller, a little bit slender of a size, but um, but yeah, he's definitely in that mold. Can definitely be a guy to look out for. At 311, uh, I'm gonna head over to Miami and talk about a freshman running back by the name of Trevante Citizen, who. Feels like a value here, but at the same time, anybody who kind of has an ACL injury, you don't really know where things are going to go. So I understand some of the risk there. Um, but given how high we were on this guy kind of coming into the season, you know, top five back, top four back for some people uh, in the 2025 class. But, you know, this was a guy who was handpicked by this staff, really. They didn't bring anybody else in. Um, I think they brought in Henry Parrish, actually, a, a transfer from um uh, Ole Miss as well but um he hasn't really been doing anything so the only guy they really have there is Trevante Sis and no one else is running the ball really well there in Miami so they're dying for for a guy to really to really uh carry the load there and I, I hope I think they're looking forward to having Trevante Sis in back next year so I'm hoping he can recoup some of his value so I'm happy taking him here at the end of round three at 311 so why don't you finish us off here with your 312. Yeah so let's go into uh CJ Downton uh West Virginia tight end i mean he's really a running back pretending to be a tight end but uh i think he is officially listed as a running back now for what yeah okay all right six foot two 240 uh he's kind of having like a uh braylon allen kind of like rise to like you know his value here a guy that came out of nowhere position change uh he's efficient six yards per attempt he's already got four games over 100 yards 
Uh, his season's over, I believe, though. You might have to vet me on that. Uh, I believe he has a season injury. So uh, might be thinking of somebody else. All right, but anyway. No, no, that's him. Yeah, no, he, he lost right. the season okay. yet. Yeah, so that's it. So 400-yard games out of his eight that he played. Uh, he's looked great. I mean, like 100 yards against Pitt, Kansas, Towson. I mean, Towson. Uh, not Kansas, sorry. Pitt, Townsend, Virginia Tech, and TCU over 100 yards. So uh, excited to see him next year. Uh, just I don't want to miss out on this because I, like, we watch his tape. I'm not exactly sure what he is exactly just yet, but he's a guy that I think he's going to be somebody, and I don't want to miss out on him. So he's late third there. Any comment on C.J. Donaldson? No, I think you nailed it there, and I think we talked about him a little bit before. He's another guy who I think both of us said the same thing. When we're watching the tape, it's actually not super impressive. For some reason, there's just a lot of holes there that don't seem to be there for the other running backs there. Um, not sure if they just weren't respecting CJ early on, like they didn't realize what he had, or but then he continued to do it, and it's just kind of like, I don't know how he keeps doing it, but at yeah. the same time, at that, at that size and doing that and coming on like this as a freshman, you have to have to um, – Put him on the radar because I missed out on Braylon Allen kind of pushing him to the side last year uh, in a lot of my leagues because of that, because I thought he was just a line linebacker convert or whatever. That wasn't really anything special, but yeah, got to be a guy that would, that we, uh, that we take a look at here. So do you want to recap uh, the third round here? Yeah. And uh, CJ Johnson is involved in the passing game, which is kind of a little bit rare for freshmen. All right, let's recap though. The 301 Isaiah bond 302 was Cade Klubnick. 303 was Jaden Ott, 304 Will Shipley, 305 Ty Simpson, 306 JoJo Earl, 307 Devin Neal, 308 Adam Randall, 309 Matthew Golden, 310 Malik Benson, 311 Travante Citizen, and 312 CJ Donaldson. Now, I think we could do one more round if you're up for it. I think well, we've got to go a little bit of a speed around here because I'm kind of running short on time here. But if you want to let, well, let's, let's uh, speed around one more round here. Yeah, no, let's do it. I mean, this is great content. You know, I'll always love to go deeper. Everyone knows who the top is. Let's let's get a little deeper into the class. All right, I'll kick it off here for one. I'm just going to go quick here. This is Oregon wide receiver Troy Franklin, a guy that I've talked about being a guy that maybe you should sell last year. I was always kind of unimpressed that, you know, he never really took over a game. He was getting a lot of snaps, but barely crossed over the 40-yard mark. This year has been a lot different with Bonix coming in. He's really taken over the guy there. He's always a little thin, one of the but uh, happy to see his rise here, and he's rising in my rankings here at 401. Yeah, I love that. I think he's really good at stacking, really, really deceptive runner. I'm not exactly sure as much as like a technician, but he's definitely got some tools there. And I'm not really a fan of the body style. So he's kind of lower on my rankings just because he's un, untreaded waters for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, 402 for me is going to be Damian Martinez, uh, Oregon State Beavers here. Just got the go ahead to be the lead rusher. He got a lot of hype in the offseason. So his three games as a starter, all over 100 yards uh, 111 yards against Washington State. 178 against Colorado, 107 against Washington, uh, three touchdowns during that span as well. Um, his efficiency right now in the season is 6.4 yards per average. Now, if you ignore the first five games where, you know, just freshmen getting uh, getting used to the change of pace, it goes up a lot. I didn't calculate it out, but I'm pretty confident like, these numbers it's going to be well over like seven yards an, an attempt. Uh, he's a one-cut runner, fan of the show. I think one of the first freshman interviews we did this offseason. Uh, we love the kid. Uh Oregon State guys don't really translate the NFL. They're not really known to. They're kind of like UDFAs, but they're UDFAs that make the roster, which is definitely something worth noting. But he's doing this as a true freshman, and uh, I'm excited to watch him, man. I think I might be too low on him. He's going to be 
I mean, he might, I think he's going to be a steady riser here in my rankings. No, I agree with you. I think the biggest thing on him is probably people might picture him as like a two down banger, but we're talking about a guy who's 228 pounds. I want to say 225, 228, somewhere in that area. And he's been clocked by our team at uh, over 20 miles per hour. I want to say 20.5 or maybe even closer to 21. But either way, I mean, when you got that size, you got that speed and you've got this early playing time like he is here. Um, I think you have to buy into it. I love that pick there. He's listed at six foot one, two sixteen, and he's also involved in the passing. Oh, two sixteen only. Oh, okay, yeah. two sixteen. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's involved in the passing. Last two games, he got two targets each, one catch each, um, but a positive eight dot, which is kind of huge. So, yeah, at least it's something. I mean, some of these guys get nothing, and we have to just guess at it. So, I mean, yeah, at least that's something there. Um, hopping over to four hundred three here. Anybody who follows me, this is going to be an easy one. Um, obviously uh, my my co-host mike was waiting for this one and i'll tell you what if i if this was a different draft i would have taken this guy earlier but i know if i'm drafting with any campus to can guy i can't wait forever to take this guy and still get him at the value that i like because i honestly believe he might be a first round pick in 2024 and i've done enough explaining at 403 i'm going with michigan quarterback jj mccarthy who's look good okay i don't care that he's not putting up crazy stats or whatever he's functioning that offense well he's throwing the ball well he's moving when he needs to he's moving the chains He's not expo- It's not an explosive offense for passing. It's a very run-heavy offense, but I like what he's doing. I like that he's taking this job. So, J.J. McCarthy here at 403. Yeah, Corey's getting tired here. You can tell he's just losing his sanity. We're going to go over <laughs> to, to JT, J.T. Sanders, no longer Jatavion. It's J.T. Sanders at 404. Uh, he's going to be a sophomore. Well, he's a, he's, he's, a, yeah, he's a second. He's second-year tight end, uh, my tight end, too, for his class. Uh, he's got the size he's got the production he can block he can pass he's a threat at multi-levels of the field he's not as athletic as brock bowers but i won't have to worry about his blocking ability the way i might have to worry about brock bowers blocking ability at the next level so he's gonna be on the field all the time not exactly confident he'll be an instant impact at the next level uh but i felt like after Corey slid in his homer pick i felt like i had to slide in mine <laughs> almost so uh jt sanders is on the list probably could have dropped a little further but jt sanders yeah, we're kind of having a little bit of fun with this fourth round too. And honestly, I like I like Jatavion Sanders too. I'll call him Jatavion still. I don't care. Um, but this was okay. a guy that we this was a guy that initially that right away when he wasn't listed on our Debbie guide, we were talking about it and we were, you know, hey, we got to get this guy on here. Why is he not on this list? Like we need to write about him. So uh glad we got him on there and definitely up there with you on, on his value. At 405, this is a guy who's maybe fallen a little bit in some circles, and even here at 405 feels a little bit of a value compared to where he was going a little bit in the beginning. Um, but I'm gonna talk about Michigan running back Donovan Edwards. I thought he started out a little bit slower this year. Um, I definitely wanted to see him improve as a rusher from last year. He was definitely a better passing game guy uh, for Michigan last year. But I honestly think that a little bit, especially in like the past month, he has improved a little bit more as a rusher and he is looking like that guy. And like we see the way this offense is functioning. It's very run heavy. Um, they're going to be returning a lot of the same guys uh, next year, like with, with McCarthy and and always going to have uh, the strong offensive line. They're going to be another run heavy team next year. And Blake Corm's going to go to the NFL. Donovan Edwards is going to get his chance to be the guy in this NFL or to, in this offense and may and uh, stake his claim for the NFL. I want to see him add a little bit more pounds. I think he's like 205 right now. So if I can even get more into like that 210, 215 range at six foot, uh, get a little bit of that lankiness out of him. But he's got that multifaceted role as well. This is just another guy we got to see him put it all together like we saw with Raheem Sanders. A little bit more of an enigma right now, um, but want to see him put it all together. So 405, uh, Donovan Edwards at Michigan. Yeah, I'm a known Blake Cor- Corum. Uh, critic so i do like this call a lot i i i like him a lot I, I, his pass catching ability here is is far beyond what blake horn can do 
Uh, he has a bigger frame. He just needs to fill that frame out. And he's been just as efficient. I mean, Penn State, he has, 10, mm-hmm. he has 16 for 173. You know, like that's Corn's big game. Rutgers, too. I think he even was more efficient against Rutgers. So there's there's definitely a handful of games right here where he's just as efficient, just as good as a rusher's Blake Corum is. And and the Twitter high, I love Blake, Blake Corum. So anyway, Donovan Edwards is definitely someone that's going to be, uh, I mean, you know, he's going to be bumped up next year for sure. This isn't. Uh, going into my 406, the leading freshman receiver is going to be Ted McMillan for Arizona here. Now, a lot of people are going to are gonna be like, this guy's too low. Um, I'm sticking to our, like, we talked this about just this. Right. This is just right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like His play style is very uh, physical. It's very um, contested catch guy. I don't think his athleticism is is that of, like, uh, like, like uh, Drake London. Um, not that he can't further develop, he for sure can, um, but it's just not there yet. But we can't ignore the raw numbers that he's putting up right now. We that's that's kind of why he's on this list. I moved him up, I think, to my wide receiver ten in the class uh, on on the on Debbie rankings right now. But um, I don't know. I'm getting I'm almost getting the gut feeling I'm gonna be wrong about this guy. You know, like I'm wrong. Like this guy's gonna be somebody, um, especially for someone like myself that talks about size all the time. You don't have to worry about it with Ted McMillan. He's gonna fill out just fine. But um, yeah, Ted McMillan here, 406, Arizona, true freshman receiving. He has the number one true freshman receiving option right now. Probably not going to give that up. Evan Stewart might push him for it, though. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what can you stop in there. But I, I am with you. I think this is a good spot for him if you're if you're a McMillan guy. I am not myself. I've had many conversations about him. I do see a lot of that big play guy. I mean, I'm a little bit harsh, I guess. And the comparison I always make is Auden Tate. Maybe it's like a little bit of a joke now, I guess. But um, yeah, that's Hakeem a, Butler. Yeah, Hakeem Butler, like that type of guy, you know. So that's that's kind of like the scary thing that I see with him. Um, he won't be a guy that's on a lot of my rosters. I'll tell you that much. But hey, if you're into him, he's doing everything that you want to see right now so i mean he has to be on the radar and there's going to be guys out there that like him i just i don't think it will be me but he's a fine choice here in the fourth round um going on to 407 um i'm going back to alabama and this was the guy that got the early playing time right and i'm going to talk about uh true freshman wide receiver kobe prentice um now when you kind of think about him and you know he never really took like that step that maybe we were hoping since he was kind of like the first the first freshman on the field for Alabama he could kind of be more of like the John Mechie type in this offense you know and maybe get looked that way as he gets to the NFL you know the reliable guy the guy who's going to man the slot the guy who's going to do what you ask him to do he's going to be efficient he's going to get the job done but maybe he's not going to have the excitement of Isaiah Bond or or the experience the spectacular catches of Ja'Cory Brooks or anything like that, but he's going to be a main staple of this offense. Um, He's going to get that NFL attention, just like John Mechie did. He's going to be a guy that, that the coaches love that, that Saban loves talks highly about. Um, And I think he's going to be that, that type of player. And I, you know, I do see a little bit of, of thing to him. I think, you know, there, he took that slant to the house. Like I think like in week three or whatever. And I was like, man, that looks like old Dell Beckham right there. I mean, that that's lofty right there. Um, he, But he does kind of have share some similar size and stuff like that. So yeah, I like him here at 407. You know, anybody getting that kind of playing time in Alabama is, is worth a look early. So Kobe Prentice here at 407. I was fully prepared to come on here and say, I haven't seen any like wow plays by him. So that was uh. <laughs> I, like, I haven't seen every single game here, but I definitely don't doubt that. Maybe against Arkansas there, but uh, he seems to be like slowing down here, which is kind of a concern for me. The, yeah. uh, the breakout of Isaiah Bond and him slowing down. I'm worried about what his ceiling is compared to what Bond's is, and uh, we're trying to figure that out here. But clearly, he's involved in the offense. He clearly has a future. 
Um, I'm just worried about what his upside could be. And John Mechie's upside was really not that great anyway, either. No, I mean it, but yeah. So hey, and, second uh, round pick, man. Yeah, was he a I third? Mean, he was yeah, he was a second. No, second. second. Yeah. He was a second round pick. Yeah. Uh so um anyway. Going into my what were we uh four four oh eight. Four oh eight Malik neighbors, LSU receiver here. Uh his receiving numbers are pretty similar to to uh oh my gosh, Keishon Boutet. He's he's I don't know what to say here. LSU is an offense that seems to be transitioning, it's a system that's transitioning. Malik Neighbors is a fear of mine to be like the one last true Debbie asset to come out of the wide receiver core. We'll see about next year's freshman, honestly. Um, but Malik Neighbors has been productive. He's kind of hitting on the metrics you'd like to see. Um, I just think the offensive system is is uh, keeping it close to the line now. I've noticed that they have keep stuff a lot more close to the line, a lot about short area gain and and giving Jane Downs the ability to make plays on it with his legs, uh, which is great for the offense. It's, it's that, That's how they win. I mean, clearly they just beat Alabama. But it's not letting me see enough of Malik neighbors to feel good about his future, but a lot of signs are there. A lot of, a lot of good, good stuff going on there for me. Yeah. You could argue he might be the most consistent option in this offense right now. At least the guy who shows up week in week out and, and makes a couple catches every game. And the other, other guys might have bigger games than him, but he kind of seems like, like the cog in this engine or, you know, like the guy who just keeps the engine running. Like I, you know what I mean? He's just like that reliable guy there. So uh, he makes some spectacular catches too. I mean, I know everybody and including you is going to talk about the two muff punts in week one, but we're well past that now. We don't got to think about that no more. So um, yeah, I like touchdowns too, man. He's only got one on the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just—he's just like. How many wide receivers for for LSU do have touchdowns though? Oh man, I don't know. You can look. You can look that up while I move on to my four hundred nine. I'm going to talk about a running back that a lot of us were pretty high on, on at 409 and that's Texas running back Jan on blue. And I'm kind of just banking on the initial assessment here. I mean, we're going to have to wait to see if he becomes the guy next year, or you may have to wait two years for all I know, you know, <coughs> oh, excuse me. This was a guy who got recently praised uh, this, this bye week um, uh, coach Saban. I mean, sorry, Sarkeesian was talking about how he uh, really showed up this week. A lot of the young guys showed up and actually singled him out. So that's always good to see, but this, this backfield has a lot of questions, you know, whether it's, is Roshan going to stay another year? Is he going to be the lead guy? Is Jonathan Brooks, a guy who's kind of a deep sleeper. Is he going to be the guy next year? And then you've got Cedric Baxter, who is the number one back right now for a lot of us uh, in the 2026 class committed right now to texas and i don't know if he's going to stay there sometimes i don't like to worry about that because these guys flip all the time but still as of right now he's committed there so there's a lot of questions there Uh, also some questions about his weight dropping below 200 listed under 200 i believe right now so um this was a guy i saw a lot of alvin kamara on tape and i saw a lot of excitement i know why people were so excited and had him in that second round range uh last year so i'm gonna bank on that initial assessment uh, assessment and i think he's a he's a value here at 409 yeah, I'm just I'm not there. He hasn't touched the field. I love Cedric Baxter. I think he can get recruited over. Uh, he came in a lot smaller too, 190. Uh, hate that. So um, yeah. So I I don't have him in too many places just because I couldn't because the team hyped him up so much. Um, but he's a real big concern for mine. But I I love the initial assessment though. It's just kind of an unfortunate situation that's around him. Yeah. Um, my my pick here at 410 is going to be Chris Marshall, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, he hit his year one zero metric, so he's all good. Got caught for smoking weed, Corey. Caught for smoking weed. I don't know if you knew that, but anyway, um, I actually think that might be a. I think it's a blessing disguise. I that might I that really might did. increase his stock to me. I think no, I, I, I'm going to raise him up. My I would never talk about him unless <laughs> yeah. I like. Unless, yeah, he got caught. I'm like, great, dude. Like, go transfer. Thank God. 
So um, I'm looking forward to him transferring. I hope he goes to a, a, a good program. I mean, Alabama seems to uh, not have an identity yet at the receiving. So maybe, I don't know. I'm just giving out hypotheticals. I always give out Alabama, which just seems really, really kind of lazy. But anyway, I think he should transfer. I hope he goes to a proven uh, Power 5 program. That's kind of why he's here because there's definitely, like I talked about Adam Randall being a huge riser for me. Uh, Chris Marshall definitely has that in him now that he's going to go to a system where he can be featured. Uh, man, yeah. So excited about that, Chris Marshall. Yeah, no, I and mean, when you made this pick, I was actually like, oh, I kind of forgot about him. But I mean, you know, high star guy, but major pedigree. The major thing with, with Chris Marshall was when he was a freshman coming in. I, I If I remember this correctly, this guy had only played like two two years of like of yeah. high end uh, of, of high school football. Right. So he was very raw coming in. A lot of people were worried that if Jimbo uh, Fisher was going to be able to develop him into that guy. Um, we were all pretty much writing penciling him in as a year one year already but he surprised us and got on the field already and has looked good doing it so we're talking about a guy with some immense natural gifts especially for a guy who's who's not really refined in, in any one aspect yet as a wide receiver so a lot of and, upside uh, there next year uh hakeem williams commit for florida state same story new to football yeah. putting up raw numbers all right anyway go on <laughs> yeah no so i i like that pick there and I, I think he's definitely a riser he's, he's somebody that we can throw some confidence behind now because we were kind of worried in the beginning but um so uh, going we're going to the last two picks here at 411 and 412 i think both of us kind of went with a little bit of a my Whoa, guy no fifth guy. round Corey. no fifth Come no on fifth now. i gotta i gotta get out of here man i gotta work okay <laughs> um but 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 yeah f- um at 411 here this is kind of a year guy too i'm a, a, the, kind of an austin guy too i believe as well um but i'm going to talk about west virginia wide receiver uh Kane Oh, don't hey you no know, back up don't give austin credit all right it was, <laughs> it was like it was like chris moxley pointed him out to me one time and then i took it away this is the chris moxley and me okay I, chris I sorry chris moxley i haven't been around as much lately okay i don't know who started it or whatever i give credit to all those smart guys over at c2c if you're not listening you need to be listening because they point out guys like west virginia wide receiver caden prather who is a i think six four two eleven wide receiver um very big play potential uh very athletic for his size as well um a guy who's kind of taking over not not completely taking over but at least getting a lot more run he's a starting wide receiver this year he's had games where he's been the leading option there they've got Bryce Ford Wheaton there who I want to say is in his fifth year so chances are he's probably gone after this year leaving Caden Prather uh, as the number one guy there Um, I'm not sure what they're gonna do at quarterback I think JT Daniels has one more year left if I'm not mistaken I don't know if he's gonna spend it there he might go spend some time on his fifth team now or fourth team I don't know he's all over the place that guy Uh, I don't know what's going on with him but he is funk he is making this offense functional and he is making guys like Caden Prather and Bryce Ford Wheaton stand out a little bit. So I like Prather's upside. And I like his potential uh, as we get to, into the 2024 class. So Caden Prather here at 411. I love it. I love it. I could have taken him a little bit sooner. I really could have. Um, but uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to talk about a guy who I've mentioned now the last show. I'm going to talk about Jordan Tyson. I called him a discount bearing Brown. I'm not exactly sure what his upside is. I, I think he's, He's athletic. He's he's um he's currently like the fourth, I want to say, in receiving for the class. But he just had a season in injury. Uh, he's not really considered a Debbie asset right now. So this is definitely a hot take. He's just someone that was productive early. He's clearly going to be the central point, the central point of focus in this offense for the years to come. Uh, and I'm just trying to figure out more about what type of player he is and what his upside is. But it's just very clear that he's going to be. He's a dynamic athlete. He already hit six of eight. 
year one zero marks. He's used in the passing game. He's just a gadget player and not really successful in the gadget player category. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's Colorado State. It's not like they have good blocking. I'm not watching those games that closely anyway either. Uh, so uh, I think there's something there, and I want to be in on it. So he's someone that you can probably still find your waivers to in some leagues. Definitely go pick him up. Um, and, and Corey, I never got to ask you what what were your thoughts and feelings about Jordan Tyson. Yeah, I actually went and watched some of his games, uh, especially over the last three weeks, because he really didn't do much over the first seven weeks. I think uh, I was looking at, at stats, only eight catches for 126 yards through the first seven weeks. So he really wasn't getting that time. But over the last three weeks, 13 catches for 344 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and it wasn't against the level of competition either. You know, it was power five talent uh, or, or Oregon, uh, Arizona State, and and uh, Oregon State. So, it, you know, not crazy defenses, but still power five talent, still good enough. Yeah, it's defense. Colorado, man. Like those things, like you got to give him a little bit of a bump on that. Like, yeah, exa- like- yeah, exactly. And he looked at to me. He struck me as a deep threat guy because everything, every a lot of big plays. I think he had like an eighty-one yard touchdown. I think he had a sixty-yard touchdown. So this guy was getting behind the defense. So he's got some speed there. Um, I can't remember what his size is. I want to see. I think he was in that trendy range, that six foot, one hundred and seventy range, he's, right? He's like six two, one eighty. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, I do remember that that discrepancy because for some reason his recruitment profile is what, six like foot one seventy. Yes, yeah, and yeah. now all of a sudden he's yeah. six two, one hundred eighty five. So I don't Somewhere know which one that I believe. Range. Yeah, Somewhere in that range. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, either way, you know, he's kind of a, kind of a guy to keep an eye on at least. You know, kind of definitely a my guy for you, um, a little bit. You know, but uh, yeah, big play potential. I want to see him develop a little bit more, do a little bit more. But yeah, kind of kind of unfortunate with the season ending injury now. So. All right, so that wraps it up. Let me do a recap here of the final round. Uh, I'll just recap the whole thing. No, I'm just playing. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be here forever. <laughs> uh, 401, Troy Franklin, uh, second-year receiver from Oregon. 402, Damian Martinez. 403, uh, this terrible pick, J.J. McCarthy. 404, best pick of the round. J.T. Sanders, that's right. J.T. Sanders is the best pick of the round. 405, Diamond Edwards. 406, Tetera, Teteroa, McMillan, just Ted McMillan, man, Tet. Uh, 407, Kobe Prentice, 408, Malik Neighbors, 409, Jadon Blue, 410, Chris Marshall, 411, Caden Prather, and 412, Jordan Tyson. I do, I don't know if you have a list, but I do want to highlight some guys that didn't make this list, but I feel like they got to be put in for honorable mentions here. Uh, Taylor Shetron uh, didn't really get on the field this past time. He's a really great player that I'm going to love as a year one if he beats year one zero, it's going to be put in for a discount. But, man, he's going to be cutting it close and probably just looking like he's not going to make it. Uh, Aston Genty, uh, freshman for Boise State, a little bit on the smaller side, but super productive. Lorenzo Styles for Notre Dame, I'm just not out yet. Ultimate Caskill towards ACL, I just don't want him to be forgotten. Yeah, Houston running back. Brady Allen, who I believe is going to have a um, – this is a hot take here. I believe he's going to have a Drake May-type rise next year. There's just no quarterbacks from on the depth chart. I think I've talked about him last week. Uh, and then uh, Brianna Purdue, a true freshman quarterback. And then the last guy is Cartavius Norton, who we talked about having the lead role. Me and Corey will be a little bit lower on him just because we haven't seen it yet. Um, but he's got the lead role. It's Ohio State. They've produced David Montgomery and Brees Hall. So I uh, can't fade the history and definitely going to be on the radar. Anybody you want to mention, Corey? Or- 
No, I think you both got it covered there. I didn't really make another list. I gotta be honest. We've been we've been kind of drafting this throughout the day. If anybody hasn't noticed, I haven't been around like a super amount. Like I've been I've been very busy with work. I'm actually um, my season's coming to a close the next two weeks, so I have a little more time to focus. But we've just been doing this by gut. Like we've been texting back and forth, doing this draft. Like no rankings, no nothing. This is all just off gut. So I didn't really have a list. You name some guys there that are good. There's a lot of exciting freshmen. You know whether you want to talk about Trevor Etienne as well, Katron Allen, another guy that kind of is up there as well. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, uh, Roman Hemby, another guy who, who's doing some stuff at Maryland as well, is kind of exciting. Yeah. So there's definitely some other names there that that could definitely be included. But we got a lot to shake out. Four rounds of names is pretty is pretty good, and it was getting tough near there uh, at the fourth round. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll have to make it a fifth next time. We just got too many names here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for us guys tonight, though. So make sure you check out the Camscan podcast feed. Monday you got Chasing the Natty. Tuesday you got Campus Life. Wednesday you got your favorite show back to Devi. And Ben on C to C. Thursday, you got the Debbie debate and the official. And Friday, you got Canton Bound. Uh, from 8 to 10 on Saturday, call in, talk to the guys, uh, the Better Sports app. And then you got the tailgate from 10 to 12. It's going to just, it's it's just pre-gaming with the college slate is going to be. And then at like 11.30, they do the recap of the late night games. But you can catch that on podcast form too as well if you don't want to stay up with the guys. Uh, just make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel too. It's just nonstop content out here. Uh, apologies to Dane Brugler. We ran out of time. Uh, Colin, I'm sorry. We'll have to get you on sometime too. You must have missed all my messages, man. I'm sorry. So, good night, guys, and good luck. <laughs>